Welcome to Out of the Box Radio with me, your host, Christine Blasdale. Out of the Box Radio is a weekly podcast of audible ear candy dedicated to bringing a fresh perspective on this thing that we call life. And each and every week, we're going to be diving into the topics that matter most with lively conversations on issues such as health, wellness, and transformational healing, all with the goal of creating a better world and becoming a happier human being. I will be your tour guide for this epic adventure, and each and every week we're going to be embarking on a journey with the ultimate goal being transformation to our highest potential. And now, let's get out of the box. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Out of the Box with Christine. I'm your host, Christine Blasdale, and I'm really happy that you tuned in today because we have a very special program, something so near and dear to my heart, (laughs) especially with the kind of year that I've had. Uh, My guest is Dr. Habib Sadegi, and he is the founder of the Beehive of Healing Integrative Medical Center in Agoura Hills in California, right here in California. And he specializes in multidisciplinary approach to chronic illness, such as cancer and autoimmune disease, with a real comprehensive treatment protocol that incorporates a wide range of interventions. His success in integrating Eastern and Western treatment modalities has earned him a very well-respected reputation. I know this because anytime I mention his name, people come around me and they're like, oh, you're going to talk to Dr. Habib? Are you going to talk to Dr. Habib? So I'm so happy to have him on. Uh, he has a master's degree in spiritual psychology, emphasizing consciousness. Thank you, doctor. Also uh, health and healing. And his philosophy of physical healing places equal importance on the psychological well-being of the patient, particularly how it relates to unresolved past emotional trauma. He, uh, he, when he works with the patient, he helps heal them not only emotionally, uh, but also physically. And in addition to that, he's the co-founder of the Love Button Global Movement, a nonprofit organization that promotes loving action and philanthropy within communities to improve social cohesion. Another star for you. (laughs) And um, he's the author of two books, The Clarity Cleanse, 12 Steps to Finding Renewed Energy, Spiritual Fulfillment, and Emotional Healing, and also the book Within a spiritual awakening to love and weight loss. And you have so many wonderful things. If I kept going on and on, the show would be over because it's like <laughs> so many things that you're doing. Dr. Habib Sadegi, welcome to Out of the Box with Christine. Thank you. Thank you, Christine, for that generous introduction. And thank you for having me on. Well, my goodness, you, you, you're like the perfect person for Out of the Box because uh, Out of the Box, we always like to look at life's you know, uh, uphill battles, the things that come into our life, relationships, our health, um, business. We always like to think outside of the box and not necessarily go the way that everybody's been doing it for decades and decades, Hmm. but to learn about new modalities, learn about new ways of thinking. And so you're the perfect guest. And as with all of my guests and master teachers that I have Hmm. on the show, I love to have our listeners and myself find out how you got to where you are today. Where did little Habib come from? And, and how did you get into the, uh, into the world of medicine? And of course, now what you're doing is just expanding upon that. Yeah. So, <clears throat> you know, when we look at life, uh, life 
by definition is a perpetual um, invitation to get out of the box that <laughs> uh, that you know that we're born in. If you if you look at it, perhaps uh, the initial box is the box box at the point of conception that gives us you know gives us our physical phenotypic expression of being a a, a fetus and an eventual baby is formed and you know the baby um, needs to leave that box the comfort of the womb if you would right yeah um we don't need to eat we don't need to take shower we don't need anything I mean, we, we don't need to have a job at all we're in this perpetual jacuzzi with um the heartbeat of our uh, parents um, in the background, you know, that, that really support and soothe us. But um, we have to get out of that comfort of the box. Yeah. And as we do, we will cry. I think every human being um, will cry when they are born. And the only documented case of a person that has never cried when they were born and they um, smiled was the prophet Zarathustra. Uh, who um, they say that uh, he was observed smiling, but for the most part, all of us <laughs> we, will, we will cry. It's it's yeah. uncomfortable. That <laughs> I think that perpetual loss of paradise, and you know, and we you know we we'll, we get born into the comfort of uh, being breastfed, and our diaper is changed routinely, and people are holding us close, and and that. Also, that box will will be lost. Eventually, yes. we need to uh, learn how to have control over our own anal um, retentiveness, and we can't just poo poo every time or urinate every time we want, and we cannot latch on our caregivers uh, for breast. We need to learn how to do, to really to chew and to. Um, use uh, the very profound muscles uh, that we have. Yes. And, um, you know, and, and then eventually we need to, we need to lose uh, the, the comfort, the paradise of our homes, and we're going to be pushed to go out there and, and do something that we, it's very uncomfortable, learning how to socialize, learning how to connect, interact with another human being. So we become part of a community. So I really have a lot of respect for uh, the conversation that you're holding and you're starting. And obviously the name of your show is, is very profound. The way that I got out of the box um, in many ways was uh, it started with um, wanting to go to medical school. Initially, I wanted to become a patent attorney. And my background is I'm a microbiologist, medical technologist, and I have a minor in um, electrochemistry. And in the process of um, applying and looking into taking my LSAT, which is the entrance exam for law school, um, one time I, I saw an, an episode of ER show with Noah Wiley, um, and it just touched me. I, I wanted- Oh my gosh! That was it. <laughs> And, I'm gonna cry. <laughs> and it just it just touched me if 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 I wanted to see if that was something that I wanted to do. So I volunteered at Martha Luther King Hospital, MLK um, Hospital. Uh, this is way back in nine, early nineties, and I got accepted. And I had two particular uh, experiences uh, in the medical center while volunteering that it brought up a deeper awakening for me that. That's what I wanted to do. And I applied uh, to medical school and I never looked back. So that was really the initial 
uh, entry of wanting to move into a place that um, that was out of the box for me and uh, becoming a physician and then second year medical school I had some challenges um, with my own health you know that was also uh, out of an, a box experience if you would because mm-hmm. here I am indoctrinated into uh, you know you you do things that they're double blinded placebo allopathic study, yeah. traditionally or oriented and so forth and even if, if even though I was in an osteopathic um, medical training it's still um, that standard of care that that blindsides that somehow we get on it was fully present so having gone through that experience it really contributed to coming back and paying attention to uh, the importance of a connection with my own soul Um, and that's what i really advocate regardless of what the patients um, that they come through um, the invitation is for them to pause and to listen and and to choose from a place of allowing um, from a place of the inner knowing that, look, you're in this university that's called life and you're not alone. We have 7.85 billion other students that they have different major, different minor, uh, different soul curriculum. And, you know, this is what you've got. Um, right now and that's what you're working with and you're you have a lot of resources but I want you to also be reflective that there is a metaphysical aspect of your healing that you're going through so once that context is created um, it's just it's really uh, an awe to see how a human being um, you know they would allow themselves to unfold so instead of um, feeling that there was a spider or a tarantula that just fell on their, on their face or on their head in the disguise of a medical diagnosis. And they just want, oh, get it off me. Get it off Kill me. it. Kill it. You <laughs> know, radiate it. Attack it. You know, uh, chemotherapeutic it. It's like, no, wait, hold on. Oh, it's, it's a tarantula. Got it. And it's frightening because I'm not really ha- you know, used to having tarantulas walking on my head. <laughs> I don't like things crawling over me. But um, let me just slow down. Let me breathe through this. That process of breathing through it, that process of learning to have your own ground, to feel rooted, makes all the difference. Uh, and yes. that's really the, the, the root of, of the way that I practice, which I refer to it as intelliki medicine. And intelliki is an Aristotelian uh, term which speaks of uh, the movement of an acorn um, becoming an oak tree. And I truly believe that there is a role for that um, dis-ease place for all of us. Um, yeah, I thing- wholeheartedly agree. And making yeah. friends with the tarantula. Yeah. Why do yeah. we have to kill it all the time? Right. Right. Well, I mean, that's, that's why we have tarantulas that they're now um, resistant to every single modality that we have. That's really why we have superbugs. That's why, you know, at UCLA, at Cedars, at USC, at the nearest NICU, now they're little babies that um, they're sitting there and they have 
um, advanced otitis media or middle ear infection of the bugs that at one point we could just wipe them out with amoxicillin or, <clears throat> or penicillin or Keflex. But now these bugs, these, uh, you know, aerogenosa, uh, these little tiny infections, uh, they're resistant to everything. Um, you know, and most people, they're unaware of that. We are running out of medications because we, if you keep attacking the tarantula, after a while, the tarantula becomes a King Kong. The tarantula, you disconnect from it and you're adding, contributing. This againstness contributes to a level of um, a virulence and a violence that is not healing. It's not healing for the tarantula. It's not healing for us as a community, as a society. And then um, because there's a great deal of intelligence, then they learn to bypass. It's kind of like the matrix, right? You know, it's like mm -hmm. going around. And I understand that. I just, I recently, oh, six months ago, I had broken my leg. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, ex strange, bizarre situation. Mm -hmm. And they had put a, a plate in, a metal plate with screws. And you know what? Ever since that thing was in there, my body was not happy and then I did some research and I found out that a lot of times it's never a pure titanium a lot of times it's an alloy mm. and an alloy is a mixture of metals so it's not just pure titanium it could be cobalt if it's a mm. knee or, or hip replacement and cobalt doesn't doesn't the body doesn't like that so much or it could be nickel and most a lot of people myself included I found out are allergic to uh, nickel so to have something that's foreign in your body and you have a set of circumstances and I had a set of circumstances where I just a couple weeks ago had to go to the hospital because I had an infection hmm. and they tried the antibiotics, they tried the antibiotics and it just wasn't, you know, really going away. And then they decided to take the plates out, the plate and the screws out. Um, because of the infection was so bad and the biofilm, because again, it's everything, it's adapting. It's, it's wanting to proliferate, right? Mm. Um, so thankfully, I'm very grateful to, uh, I'm very grateful to the surgeons and allopathic medicine for that. Mm. But another part of it was in my own healing too, the idea that I am not a victim of the circumstances. In other words, number one, I took action because I knew something was, you know, that intuition of like something's wrong. So mm -hmm. I went to the ER. But then going through the process, I didn't allow the fear to overwhelm me. And literally, as Dr. Bruce Lipton has taught me and so many others, our bodies are always listening to us. Our cells are always listening to us. And so I went through a process of talking to my body and talking mm. to my cells and imagining just, you know, not killing anything, but just you know, a little, maybe a little bit of a, you know, Pac-Man thing of just nibbling up, nibbling up uh, anything that was, you know, foreign in my body that wasn't healthy for my body. But the, the way that we, I think you're so correct. The way that we've approached it for so long mm. is this eradication idea. And when did you really fully embrace the fact too, that we ourselves, our thoughts, our beliefs have a great deal to do with our own healing when we when we're hit with an accident when we're hit with you know a cancer scare or something like that when did it really cement for you that that belief um i, I 
I really appreciate what what you're sharing um, in, in terms of your journey, and I appreciate your vulnerability. and And I think as I'm listening to you, one of the things that that I am um, aware of is, you know, if you live in a society that um, and and an attempt to repair a, a broken bone initially might be to have an in, what's referred to as an internal fixture and they play you know they use plates and screws and so forth but somewhere along the line when your body decided that you know what i'm healed enough and i got this from here uh, perhaps one way perhaps and this is just the thought i know where you're going i hear yeah. you i smell what you're cooking right thinking <laughs> out of the box is to say you know if the only way that my body can can get rid of this is for me to cultivate an infection, I'm going to cultivate an infection so they will remove these foreign material out of my body. Yeah. So um, it's not that all of a sudden there was an inf you know a little bacteria, a ninja bacteria hidden inside, and <laughs> and they decided to throw a you know a fiesta party and and you got an infection. I think that perhaps an aspect of you that is very in tune and sensitive realize that, wow, wait a minute, this, this is just not pure anything. This is a combination of metals and I can go to the nearest um, uh, jeweler around the corner and they sell these things called nickel kits. And what a nickel kit is, it, it basically tells me if any, any piece of jewelry that I purchase, if it has nickel in it, and uh, and if it does, I could be allergic to nickel, and um, and and this could really lower my immunity and so forth. I'll never forget. I had this incredible model that had um, this persistent and um, and uh, lichenified uh, rash. In other words, that the skin was very had hypertrophied and scaly, and it was exactly right. Where it where you would have a gene on where the zipper would be and the, oh. and the little buttons and as soon as I, she'd been everywhere and as soon as I saw that and when she came in I said oh you're allergic to nickel and she says what how can you tell I said well that's where that's the back of the button of your jeans and she was a model for a very famous line of jeans and that's all she most of the things that she wore. So the, the nickel part of the button was touching her skin and was creating an autoimmune-like reaction mm. that was really spreading. And given who she was and she was, you know, she had a huge contract, I said, you know, what you could do is just get a piece of cloth tape and tape the back Cover of, it. of the button. And, you know, within two weeks, the rash disappeared and the hyperpigmentation of the area over the skin started resolving. So um, I, I, I really applaud you for your deeper level of listening and your sensitivity to understanding that everything is connected with everything and, yes. uh, and your willingness to, you know, to seek out. Um, and we have amazing medical uh, technologies and advances. And when it comes to an acute setting, such as infection, such as in broken bone, oh my God, thank God yes. that we have that. And, and, you know, I do have a prescription pad and I would never really throw away the baby with bathwater. That is what we need. But when it comes to chronic diseases 
And, and when we look at since 1989, especially within our children and the future generations, you know, before 1989, the rate of chronic infections was maybe two to three, five percent. From 1989 on, the rate of chronic infections, it, it has increased by 57 percent. Wow. 57%. These are diseases such as autoimmune diseases, such as type 1 diabetes, yes. HD, ADHD, uh, you know, autism. Aut you know, autism, neurological issues, uh, including um, rheumatoid arthritis, um, autoimmune hepatitis, thyroid um, uh, issues, and all that. This is where it, it comes from. And I think um, the conversation that, you're, that we're having, based in the context of IntelliKey Medicine, it really brings a deeper level of sensitivity. Like for instance, given our current political zeitgeist, it's very easy for all of us to get caught into being against um, a particular party or a particular politician. And that consistent factory of emotions, thoughts, and feelings, I mean, the only person and the first person that's going to get burned up is the person who's holding all these emotions, thoughts, and feelings. Yeah. And that's not going to be very healing and uplifting for us as an intentional healing community that is aware that is considered to be very progressive and wants to be part of a probiotic of life, not, you know, probiotic way of being is being very solution oriented and recontextualizing everything yes. that's coming at us such that we edit what is coming at us so that we are held uh, a perception that really uplifts us instead of weighing us down and, and pushing us into precocious aging and uh, a life of dis-ease and disconnection. Well, and isn't it, uh, it it's, it's funny too, because we, we, we have a story or we like to have mm -hmm. stories and I'll talk to some people and they will be talking about something that happened to them maybe years ago or mm -hmm. you know a couple months ago and they'll say oh it was horrible i this you know this happened and and i was sick and oh my god it was just and they are even though they're well if you know physically now they're still living that story and repeating mm -hmm. it in their mind that they and they were and and i don't want to say that they victimized themselves but it's all of the negative aspects of that journey, mm -hmm. right? Of that mm -hmm. health scare or experience. It's the negative. There's nothing positive. Mm -hmm. And when I initially had broken my leg, I mean, this, I was out. I was out of work for three months. I, was, uh, I had two surgeries, the initial one with the, the fixtures, the external mm -hmm. fixtures, mm -hmm. and then the plate. And I remember... First of all, it's just a shock because you're not used. You're, you're used to getting up and going to work, getting your car, and driving and walking, going to the bathroom, mm. and all of a sudden you're like, okay, I can't, I can't do that. But what I, you know, I would have people say, oh, poor, you know, I'm so sorry, that's so bad, and this and that. And I learned how I literally had to rely on other people. Mm. Mm. And so I was actually, I became very grateful for my ability to receive help because I'm not, I'm very independent. 
I have five planets in Scorpio. I like to do things. I'm in control. I'm in, I'm a producer, right? So having the ability to rely on other people and to ask for assistance. Ooh, that was a, that was a great learning experience. And so that's what I, that's what I took. Yes. That initial break and that moment, you know, that's a flashbulb moment. Uh, mm. looking at your foot and seeing it hanging this way and, mm. you know, <laughs> you're in shock, you know, mm. you're, you're paramedics and everything. That's a flashbulb moment. So that will ca- be captured. But mm. the lesson from it and what you learn and what you gain from your experience. I've talked to people who've experienced really uh, intense um, cancer uh, journeys with cancer. Mm-hmm. And many of them, they are now inspiring other people through writing books, through songs, you know, saying, listen, yeah, I got this really crappy, you know, diagnosis, but this is what I've learned from it. All of a sudden I'm smelling flowers. I'm appreciating sun on my, the feeling of sunshine on my skin. And it's just an amazing way for them to process it. And they heal much faster as well. It's it's phenomenal. It's it's beautiful the way that you are holding it. And um, the true producer that you are, realizing that this brokenness did not occur to break you. This brokenness occurred so that the content, the yolk, you know, the inside content of that egg could really come out and you could really create a different omelet. Yes. Learning (laughs) to ask, you know, learning to ask and learning to ask of uh, people around you, your family, your friends, uh, experiencing a deeper vulnerability so that now um, you'll, you'll really appreciate what is it like for another human being that yeah. this is a reality for them. That 24 they, hours a day. Yeah. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year as they rotate around this giant sun that this is it that they can't get an internal fixture and three months later or 12 weeks later they're not going to be able to walk on their own the reality is that they're at the mercy of others supporting them and valuing what they have to contribute you see, knowing that it creates and it cultivates a community, a sense of compassion, you know, come together, passion, suffer, what it means to come together and suffer together, because it, an intentional healing community that um, has compassion, that would come together and suffer together, what they get to create is intimacy. What they get to create is what it means to be a human being. And that is the greatest vaccination that would uplift us psycho-spiritually. That's how we get fed. And that's what I really hear. And it's really a privilege to be here and, um, and to listen to your story and to see how you've edited such that it's uplifting, that you realize that the brokenness was really a way of you getting out of the way and getting out of the box and experiencing mm-hmm. what it is to be vulnerable, what it is to ask and risk, um, risk being rejected, risk being not having, you know, having, having it your way, you know, and, exactly. and being patient. And also 
uh, it does, it creates an empathy that you have, mm. like you were mentioning, but then not when you meet someone who is in that kind of a situation, not having pity for them. Mm. I think as a society, we tend to say, oh, you know, that's, we, we pass judgment, right? We, we mm-hmm. say that's horrible that they're in, um, that's horrible that they are in that situation. That's horrible that they don't have use of their legs. That's horrible. Um, and we don't, we don't, we're only looking at the negative aspect of it and we're not uplifting them or ourselves together. Mm. It's mostly, it's just about, let's just connect. And I see you, I see you. Mm-hmm. And there's so much more to you than just your legs. There's so much more to you than this disease that, that you're, you're in a journey with the, the experience you're going through. And I think that's really important for us to keep in mind when we interact with others as well. Absolutely. Listen, um, you know, Bach would have not been able to produce um, all the symphonies if, if he didn't have uh, auditory uh, limitation to the extent that, that he did. Um, it's, it's, it's our vulnerabilities and weaknesses that would develop and call forth our strengths. Mm-hmm. And that's really the, the beauty of life. Um, there is a way that you look at another human being and regardless of their phenotypic limitations of whether they, they have a particular challenge physically, that you realize that at the soul level, there are whole and complete. And that is the essence of IntelliKey Medicine, which is we are souls first, yeah. having a human experience and when, and I think that's the essence of namaste in Sanskrit, that yeah. I salute the God in you. I salute the wholeness of your soul in you, regardless of your human experience. Yes. Um, and it's, that's it's what beautiful. That's what that is. Right. Right. You embodied it there. So <laughs> you embodied it. And mud- mudita, which... Yeah is I am happy for the, your success. I'm, I'm, I'm ecstatic at your, the blessings that have come upon you. Yeah. Which I love, that's, I love that because it takes it also, you're, you're happy for other people's success mm-hmm. and it just kind of brings that energy around you all the time. So uh, mm-hmm. you, you have, and I know you have, um, um, you're world renowned. You have, uh, lots of people coming to you for a whole host of, of issues that they're facing. Uh, talk about when you're, when somebody comes to you and they are like, you know, if it's type two diabetes, if it's um, issues, you know, with weight, um, we're in America and mm-hmm. America, we have, uh, you know, an epidemic of obesity and type two mm-hmm. diabetes. I think, I think part and parcel that has to do with the, the foods that we're, you know, we're consuming, but also the, the, the mental foods, the beliefs and the thoughts as well and trauma. And, and as globally, there's, there's an issue with trauma, especially with children. <clears throat> but I find that a lot of times um, the people that I've uh, come close to that have issues, especially with weight and things like that, it's, it stems from, or they, the chances are that they've had some type of trauma at a really young age. It seems to be along those lines. 
how do you, when you, when you're working with someone, how do you, uh, how do you go through that process to help them help themselves? Number one, but also, mm-hmm. um, the treatment that you have, I know everybody's different, but, but give us a little bit of an idea of how you work. Yeah. Uh, you know, in the initial visit, um, the context that every patient walks into that context, the mindset that I hold, this space that I hold for them is that they're whole, they are whole and complete. And once we understand that, then we meet exactly in what we refer to as the Rumi's field. Rumi has a poem that says, out beyond ideas, out beyond ideas of wrongdoings and right doings, there is a field. We will meet you there. So, and the reason that I bring this forward is it's very simple to say that this person has a medical diagnosis. And within, as a medical doctor, I know that physicians were very masterful at having a medical diagnosis with subtypes and we even have a code and, you know, and that's what we code for and that's what we get paid by insurance companies because there is a code. If it cannot be captured by a code, then it doesn't exist. Then you don't so, get paid. <laughs> then, then physicians don't get paid. And hence, you wow. have to stay within the linguistic abstraction of medical jargon, medical terminology that is accepted by an industrialized insurance company. So very early on in my career, I chose to step out of that box to come out of that box and to really provide an opportunity for every human being that is willing to want to really look at this deeper level of healing, to look at whatever the limitation and the physical limitation it is that they're working with, could this be an invitation to get out of whatever the current box that they're in, that they have found themselves? Mm. And then we start yeah. with the conversation. We start with well, how did they, you know, what was their biography like? What are some of the stresses in their, in their life, current lifetime? Are they happy? Are they joyful? What is the context? What is their ideology of being on this tiny little tennis ball rotating around itself and creating night and day as it rotates around the giant rotisserie of a sun and creating, you know, 24 hours at a time and creating different seasons and so forth. What is the context that they have? You know, are they reflective? What is the quality of connection that they have? You know, one person can go through the same fracture that you've gone through and they may not have as level of connection and support and their healing might be, um, might, might be truncated, might be trumped, might, they would get disunion. They wouldn't get the continuation of the strength that, that it's required for the bone to heal. Um, so, of course, every, there is an individuality to this. And I truly believe that, you know, the collection of our thoughts, feelings, and emotions internally and beyond that we refer to as consciousness predetermines our phenotypic expression. A person could have diabetes, um, type two, let's say diabetes, because they have significant amount of stress in their lives. I'll never forget one of the very first um, initial experiences that I had where I saw this gentleman in hot summer pulling this cargo towards um, 
towards our clinic. And, um, and, and I said, my God, it's really hot. We should get him some water. And as he got closer, I was thinking, you know, if this is what he does day in, day out, and there's so much resistance, I wonder if he's going to start having um, blood sugar issues. As he got, this gentleman got closer, I said, can I get you some water? He says, oh my God, you know, I, I've, I've recently been diagnosed um, with diabetes and I would love a glass of water. See, most people, they're unaware that what they physically do, if they have to um, pull on things day in, day out, and it could be a physical pulling on things, a physical weight, or it could be that they're in uh, an environment, they are in a job that they right. continuously feel like they have to push against others because they feel encroached or invaded on. That can also create... Uh, blood sugar dysregulation. And when you look at uh, pancreas, um, the, the histology of pancreas is really beautiful. Because if you look at it under microscope and you can see, we refer to it, uh, the cells are referred to as cells of Langerhans, which is, these are islands. Pancreas, it, it almost looks like tiny little islands that they're connected. The people that they usually get pancreatic issues, whether it's pancreatic cancer or whether it's a, a decrease in the production of insulin that would you know, lead into type 2 diabetes, these are people that they feel disconnected from their communities, families. Oh. Right. And, you know, and it, we pay so much attention to the physical causes and contributors, but we don't realize that cultivating a set of policies, cultivating a society where people feel disconnected physically, um, it could contribute. The downstream effect would be uh, dis-ease and disconnection. Oh, yeah. And, and that is taught to us, isn't it? Yep. I mean, from grade school on, it's also, it's just you, it's that individual hmm. um, we're we're also not taught, doctor. We're not taught to pay attention to our emotions and our thoughts. Um, we're 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 taught, you know, reading, you know, math, you know, re reading, writing, and arithmetic, mm. and that's going to get us through life. It it makes sense also that we are uh, a society that's on the whole not particularly healthy. Also, because here in the United States, too, we're, we have a very long history of, you know, war, war, war. There's so many wars that are going on. And that also, I think, has a psychological impact on people, uh, generation after generation. Yeah, you can, you, the way that you treat yourself is the way you will treat others. If you are at war with yourself, you will be at war with everybody else. I think uh, the, the adage, as within, so without, as below, so above, it's, it's accurate. It's accurate every fiber of existence. And life, there are certain laws that you can't escape them. And uh, one of the law is the law of connection. And the law of connection is that all of us, we're, um, we're connected just like a human body. I'm going to turn around because I want to read you something yes. which is very precious. And um, um, actually, the last Coldplay album, 
Chris Martin had uh, my beloved uh, Dr. Sherry Sammy recite this poem on the on the album. And um, it's a it's a postcard. This is the calligraphy in Farsi, and I'm gonna read uh, it in English. Yay! It's, yes, uh, please. It's um, <clears throat> it's a poem by the mystic poet, Persian poet Sa'di. Uh, who's the 13th century Persian poet of the medieval period. And it has, uh, and it has uh, really become a motto uh, that uh, decorates the gate of the United Nation, uh, United Nations building entrance. It's called Bani Adam, the children of Adam. And uh, it's really an aphorism calling for the breaking of all barriers, getting out of, uh, out of the box, if you would. And one translation is, human beings are members of a whole. Human beings are members of a whole in creation of one essence and soul. If one member is afflicted with pain, other members uneasy will remain mm. if you've no sympathy for human pain the name of human you cannot retain and um you know in this poem it speaks volume of the deep sense of connection we're all connected and we're all in this experience in this university together um, every time that we inflict pain on certain certain aspect of our society, any, any aspect of our brothers and sisters, or four-legged or two-legged friends or plants, this will have a downstream effect. It will, it will affect us. It will affect our own physiology. And sooner or later, um, we, will, we need to look at the consequence of our own actions. Mm. Yeah, I had just uh, watched a film, I think it was the documentary Heal, which I loved, uh, a very uh, wonderful film. And they were talking about, you know, at, at one point we were, we were, we were just one, one wonderful, you know, thing. And mm -hmm. then with the, the Big Bang, when, when we sort of exploded out, we became, you know, eventually, you know, plants, uh, there was, you know, earth created, human beings, all of that. So that connection that we have is literally because you, I'm a part of you, mm. you're a part of me. It's the same thing when you go out into nature and sometimes you can, you can really connect with nature and you can hear the, tr you know, feel the trees breathing mm. and, and all of that. That is that connection that we have. And I've, I've had a near-death experience, and I've talked to others that have had a near-death experience. And one of the most amazing, this is why I'm not a, it's beautiful. It's beautiful because you get to come back to it all. But one of the things that I remember so, so well mm. is that at that moment, right before, it could have gone either way, right? Could have lived, could have died. Uh, at that moment, first of all, time stops. There's no such thing as time. Mm. It stops. Mm. And I felt connected to everything. The birds that I heard, the trees, the plants, the ocean, the rocks. I felt connected to everything on mm. this planet. And it was the most 
comforting, beautiful feeling I've ever experienced. It was for, you know, a moment, but again, time is, you know, it, it felt like it went on forever, hmm. but I've talked to several people who have experienced the, the near death, you know, experience. And many of them have that, had that connection that back to the all to the one. Yeah, uh, it's um, if, if we really sit down and if we really consider that physically, the material that everything, all of us, um, every living being is made out <coughs> of is, uh, is just really this star stuff. You know, you mentioned the Big Bang and it's just this star stuff. That's what, you know, and then the, the consciousness, the protoplasm, it just developed this uh, unison, the soul and the human experience creates this beautiful um, sense of synergy that has given life to this sophistication that is you, that is me, and that is um, our neighbors and uh, our loved ones and complete strangers. And we're given this opportunity to choose. But what is it that we're choosing? Uh -huh. Choosing whether we are fearful or whether we choose to be loving. And, and for me, what I'm going for is mastery of loving. Mm -hmm. um, because all of us, we're going to die. We're going to die if we eat organic rice. We're going <laughs> to die if we don't stop at Whole Food or Erewhon or Trader Joe's or Farmer's Market. Yes, all of us. No one is going to really survive this university. We all will graduate and transition. And we all have this particular choice. And the choice is, are you cho choosing to be loving or are you choosing to be fearful, to be contracted? Because every single human being, if we are contracted, then we choose from a place of feeling hurt. But if we can choose love, that changes everything. And for me, um, the quickest way that I can anchor myself into, um, into love is to remember the cliff note version of The Course in Miracle. And mm. the, the, there's this, the cliff note version uh, of Course in Miracle is three lines. Um, nothing real can be threatened. Nothing real can be threatened. Nothing unreal exists. Nothing unreal exists. Herein lies the peace of God. So nothing real can be threatened. If it's, if it's supposed to unfold, it will unfold. You know, there is every intention is a seed. You plant it, you water it with your action, and you leave it alone. And if it's almond, it's going to germinate, sprout, and it's going to give you almond. And if it's oak, it will give you, you know, if it's an acorn, it'll give you an oak tree. There is a deeper harmony and nothing unreal exists. There are no accidents. You know, right. there are absolutely no accidents. There is a harmony in the beauty of the way that you broke your bone. That brokenness was welcoming you into a deeper level of healing at the soul level. Every single infection, including the community-like structure that creates that biofilm that covered the entire plate so that it could be, you know, ushered out of your body, cleared, cleansed, 
so that you find that deeper harmony inside your bone and inside your bone. Every single osteoblastic activity, osteoblast, bone forming cells, every single osteoclastic activity, osteoclast, bone breakage cells. You got bone breaking cells. You have bone forming cells and they have this beautiful dance together and it creates the right level of integrity or bone that you need as this structure to hold on this protoplasm that has this sophistication of your own soul in it, that it's growing and you're, you're creating what you're creating. You're giving me a voice. You're taking my voice and the voice of the lineage that has come through me, that has cultivated this consciousness, and you're producing it so that your listeners, our brothers and sisters can hear it, and perhaps it can shift and change things for them and move them a little further forward, upward, into a different mindset of what it means to be a soul having a human experience here. And that all started with you having a broken bone. <laughs> It all started when I slipped on that rock. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I love you. You know what? And I, and I really truly believe, I, I, don't, I don't know when it will happen. It's happening already. But I really believe that the future of medicine is what you're, you've already been practicing. Mm. It is a blend. It is a, it is a blend. Yes, there. Let me tell you, I, I know I needed those antibiotics. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it wasn't, I wasn't just going to sit in a, you know, lotus position no. and wish it away. Mm -hmm. I needed those antibiotics. I needed Absolutely. that surgery, but you, the marriage of our, our own ability to, to be a part of our, of our healing process. Yes. To take responsibility as well. And to say, instead of saying, poor me, this sucks, life hates me, why does this happen to me all the time? That spiral that we go, that, you know, like, you know, you have water going down the drain. Yes. We go down that drain. In relationships, we do that. With work, we do that. Mm -hmm. And I think that what you practice, and this is the new medicine, this is um, the future of medicine, using all these different modalities, sound, light, Mm -hmm. meditation, mm -hmm. um, all of those things will help people heal so much faster, not just their physical bodies, but also the spiritual, because we come into this earth, right? We have, of course, mm -hmm. our, our conscious life that we have. Christine was born in 1969, mm -hmm. but then we also are carrying the wounds from past lives. Mm -hmm. And for, you know, if people don't believe in past lives, that's fine. I honor that. But I know that I've been here many times. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. I've mm -hmm. probably been here thousands of times. Mm -hmm. And in this reincarnation, in this lifetime, I've chosen the set of circumstances, you know, that I need to go through like in university type thing. But we do carry a lot of stuff from the past and the future of medicine is dealing with all those different levels. So thank you so much for, mm -hmm. for being uh, like, someone who who's able to express it also very well. Do you think that more and more physicians and allopathic doctors are going to be embracing what we're, what we've been talking about the holistic healing? Yeah. Yeah. Healing 
by nature, by definition, is always holistic. Um, the future of medicine, I have, I, have, um, I have a plan and I have a picture and I can actually show you and your uh, listeners and viewers what it looks like. Do you want to see it? Sure, yeah. Oh. We're going to see the future of medicine right now, folks. Right now. Do a little drum roll. So the future of medicine is right here. When you look at, um, when you look at the word violence, it's eight letters. V-I-O-L-E-N-C-E. If you pull out the L, the O, the V, the E, the ashes of that metamorphosis leaves you with N-I-C-E. The future of medicine is every single time that you and I choose to what we do with an act that is violence that might be occurring for us. And that violent act, it could be the way that we judge ourselves internally. And if we come above it and we create a language, a softness such that we choose to be loving, this is the future of medicine. The future of medicine is not going to be in a vaccine. The future of medicine is not going to be in a little chip that every human being is going to be injected with and they'll get all the vaccinations and this and that. The future of um, medicine is not held by anyone who's holding a patent in Merck or Pfizer or Eli Lilly. The future of medicine is not going to be in a Petri dish. The future of medicine is held by you. Every single time, no matter what comes at you, you choose to digest these eight letters of violence and you turn it into love. And the, whatever the ash is left in that crucible of mindset is nice. That's the future of medicine. And the practical aspect of it is more and more physicians are realizing that Oh my God, dead doctors don't lie. Wow, I'm a doctor, I'm a specialist, and wow, I'm, I'm the, I've, I've been the sickest I've ever been since I've gone to medical school. I have to continuously see 60 to 75 to 90 patients. I'm working from five o'clock in the morning. I get up and I round in the nearest hospital and I come home at 11 o'clock at night. I have a deep sense of disconnection with my spouse, with my partner. I hardly see my children, yet I, you know, I have certain level of affluence. I go to all these continuing medical educations that I am fed loyally and I'm given free tickets to go this show and that show by the pharmaceutical industries. And I feel disconnected because I feel so rushed that I can't even stop to find out what the patient in front of me is saying. I am completely disconnected from my patients because I can look to see what is wrong with them so I can code and I can give them a prescription to keep them quiet and move them on until they come back again. And this way I can satisfy my quota by my drug rep that comes in every month. Wow. Maybe that's not how I want to live. <laughs> yes. Not the conversation that I want to be a part of. Let me, oh, wait. Oh, gosh. Your blood sugar is going up, you know? Gosh, there's something called te de, de canela or cinnamon sticks. Why don't you just go to your nearest deli and just get some cinnamon sticks and why don't you just brew yourself a tea? Just put the stick in some water, boil it, and after lunch, have a cup of, uh, just cup of cinnamon tea. 
and let's see what that does with your blood sugar. And meanwhile, why don't you park a little further and start walking? Why don't you take some um, hikes? Why don't you spend some time connecting with your loved ones, your partner, your children? Gosh, maybe it's about time for you to really let go of all the resentment and anger you're holding against your ex. Maybe it's about time for you to have a deeper conversation with the brother that you haven't spoken with for 25 years. Because I think that will have a different uh, physiological effect on this disease or that disease that I'm, I'm diagnosing for you. Yeah, more and more physicians are awakening and realizing that we were lied to mm. by the big pharma, by the pharmaceutical industry, which is uh, based on trickle-down economy. Yes, more and more of us are awakening. Oh my God, I love you. <laughs> I love you. Dr. Habib Sadege, thank you so much for being on Out of the Box with Christine. And for people who want to find out more about you, get in contact with you, where, where should they go? What's the best place for them to go? So on social media, I'm at Dr. Habib Sadegi, H-A-B-I-B-S-A-D-E-G-H-I. Um, our website is at beingclarity.com as well as Beehive of Healing and the nonprofit that advocates just this. And that's what that little uh, love button is. It just advocates. Our tagline is pause and love. Just pause. Take, it, take a breath. Slow down. Back up. I understand that the person just cuts you off. And before you flip them off, before you start you know, shouting profanity, take a deep breath. Yes, what they did was not right. Yes. Take a deep breath. Choose loving. Choose to be decent. Choose to be decent because it matters. It matters to you and it matters in what you create and the downstream effect that you want to be part of. That conversation. That uh, nonprofit, it's referred to as lovebutton.org and people can find us at lovebutton.org. Lovebutton.org? Lovebutton.org is the website. Yes. Okay. You got it. I'm going to, we'll have links to everything in the show notes. Anytime you want to come back on out of the box, you just <laughs> let me know. We can talk about, oh my goodness, we can talk for hours and hours, but I'd love to have you come back on the show and thank you again for your time. I know you're very, very busy. So it's, thank you again so much. My pleasure. It's my privilege. And I mean that. Thank you. My privilege. You know, your quality of listening, you being that conscious ear pulled whatever came out of me, out of me. Mm. So, and I'm, I'm really proud of you. I'm proud of what you have tattooed on your consciousness and how you live of uh, that deeper, deeper yearning, that deeper calling of being fully engaged, fully alive and being a flute you know, by this incredible mystery that we refer to as the Father, Mother, God, beloved friend, Lord God of all creation, that Holy Spirit, that Ruha HaGodesh that moves through us and uses us and uh, to really make all of this work. I'm very grateful. Thank you for having me on. <laughs> uh, listeners and viewers, I want to thank you so much for, for joining us again. And if you want more information about this podcast, you can go to outoftheboxwithchristine.com. 
If you want more information about myself, you can go to christineblasdale.com, but definitely check out the work that Dr. Habib Sadegi is doing and changing lives. I, again, thank you so much. So, so much. And as always, I want to remind you to think outside of that damn box. Bye for now. <laughs>